We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? We have breaking news. I think Michael Pineda just struck out another person. What did you think of his performance today, Scott? I love watching him pitch, man. I mean, the the ball just flies off that dude's fingertips. And when he's controlling the strike zone like he does, the, the batter has no chance. They just have no chance. I mean, his strikeout-to-walk ratio is ridiculous. And when you're throwing that hard, when you're 6'7", six, 250-plus six, pounds, you know, you're a, you're a monster coming at you, and, and you have the movement on the slider that he does. It's crazy, man. So it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. Actually, this whole week has been fun to watch. So it's a happy Mother's Day to all. Did you call? It your, is. Did you call your mom? I did. I called my mother. I called my stepmother. I had brunch with my mother-in-law. I got them all covered. Yes, happy Mother's Day to uh, to my mom as well. I, I'm home for the afternoon, uh, having a nice dinner. But uh, how many how many moms do you think are out there actually listening to this podcast? Other I hope than, there's other quite than a bit. Two moms. <laughs> I hope there's quite a bit. So a very happy Mother's Day to all of the moms out there. We couldn't do anything without you. Yeah, so it's been a, a busy week uh, since the last time we talked. The, the Yankees f- completed the sweep in Boston, and they're five and three since the last time we talked. So they're they're continuing to roll. You know the the, the name of the game, right, is winning series. And uh, though we had our first loss of a series in the the first time in quite some time, um, they they 
came right back and took three or four from Baltimore. So, you know, uh, I know we're going to talk about this because uh, you hit on it, but this team does not quit. Like, they have a lot of fight, and it's fun to watch. What they're doing now has been – it's just been fun to watch, man. Like, good baseball. Uh, you know, we're seeing a few things here and there, but, but you know, as a, as a general overview of the New York Yankees right now, life is good. Yes, and before we jump into sort of the recap of the games and the stuff we want to talk about this week, we have a couple new shirts that just launched in the fan shop this week, and uh, people are loving that A-bomb shirt uh, that you previewed, and also I saw a few people tweeting about the Baseball is Better in the Bronx shirt, so that's good to see the merch getting out there. Yeah, man, the Baseball is Better in the Bronx shirt, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect way to uh, tell everybody who you're rooting for and where baseball is better, so, you know, we've gotten some, they're all actually all over the country now, which has been awesome, uh, the A-Bump shirt went, went off uh, really well and has been, uh, has, been, has been doing well, we did some cool design elements in that one, so definitely check that out, and then the most recent one, we had a contest, or not a contest, but just kind of a poll on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, the whole mustache, the whole mustache thing has been, has been doing well, obviously, for the Yankees, and the fans are getting on board so we thought you know let's come up with a mustache shirt so i actually designed a couple different shirts uh one for bronx stash and one for the stash squad which kind of the yankees uh team has been has been pumping out and uh they're both doing well man so uh go go check out the store we have a lot more coming got a batanza shirt in the works right now too um which is from the bronx beast from the bronx beast from the bronx yeah it's going to be definitely along those lines so um got some other cool ones working too i'm gonna show some sneak preaks uh, of the kind of the work i'm doing i do a lot of the sh- stuff in photoshop too so i'm actually designing a lot of them and i'm working with some artists too on on some of these tees so yeah man we're trying to come up with some really cool unique stuff for uh, for yankee fans that uh that they haven't seen before so did you see that uh, a lot of the players have been changing their their profile pictures up on the jumbotron to to their mustache pick i thought that was pretty cool it is good it looks great and the yankees are doing the little i heart mustache uh thing with the yankees uh, logo inside the heart so it's definitely taken over man the, the whole mustache thing is taken over these guys cannot shave they, uh, yeah. you know as long unless as they're winning a... as long as they're winning i want to see those those dirty upper lips that's right yeah i love it business on the upper lip it's got to happen <laughs> all but, right yeah you know you got to stay within the rules though got to stay within the rules so they're doing that so let's jump right into it uh, i think we have a pretty packed agenda here with all the games that happened they haven't had an off day in a while so there's a lot of stuff to talk about yep but i want to talk about that last game in fenway it was sort of you know it was an eight to five win the offense got out uh, early warren sort, sort of hit a wall and the, and the Sox got back into it but i want to talk about something happened that happened in that inning that the red Sox scored five runs when warren hit hanley ramirez he hit him right in the ass so i mean that's the place you hit a guy but hanley definitely thought it was intentional he sort of threw his bat down he gave he gave a glare and i actually think that fired up the red sox because that again was the inning they scored the five runs and up got back into that game do you think warren hit him intentionally i don't think warren has it in him to hit him intentionally personally but i kind of wish he did and hope he did uh because i i would love to see a renewed rivalry between these two teams honestly the, that rivalry and and watching those games, it's so much better when they don't like each other. It's just that much better. So, I, I don't personally think he did it on per- he did it intentionally, but I kind of hope he did. Here's why I think it was intentional because sort of all the factors that went into it. The Yankees were up eight nothing, so mm-hmm. there's no risk really in putting a guy on. It was I think a two zero or a three zero pitch, so he was probably going to walk him anyway. And Hanley has been the Red Sox best hitter all year, so I think it was just a little bit of a message from the Yankees pitchers saying, you know, we're not going to let Hanley 
sort of crush us. Hit the he hits the ball hard every time every time up. He hangs over the plate. I think it was just sort of you know we're here back off sort of thing, and I love it, man. I love it. Like you said, if this rivalry could could sort of get even to seventy five percent of what it was in the early two thousands, oh, it would be so much fun. There's potential for it too because they got some hotheads on that team, and I think we have some guys that just they don't give a shit, and they will they'll go after people um, on on our team as well. And you know, there's a little bit of blood right there with the Pineda thing. Still, that was there's there's some of that stewing where you know um, uh, they where Farrell called them out on the pine tar. So there was I know there was a lot of controversy when that happened. So you know, I could see McCann calling for something like that. You know, I think McCann's one of those guys who doesn't put up with anything and, and would would call for that. So you know, now that you're talking about it and the situation maybe he did do it on purpose and, and, and honestly i hope he did because i love it yeah you want to believe right yeah i do want to believe i want to believe i want there to be a rivalry and i want it to be while ortiz is still there too <laughs> and there's a few guys on both teams you know uh the yankees have miller and ellsbury who were both on the red sox previously yep. like you said the pineda thing is sort of bad blood everybody outside of the yankees hates a rod mm-hmm. so i really think there could be some some hatred there which i think is a good thing for all of the fans involved yeah, bring it on. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm I'm all for it, man. I'm all for some some bad blood within the division. So let let's go. Who who's the the um right now? It's uh, the Orioles and the Red Sox have been have been going at, and Tampa doesn't like some people. So let's get in the mix. Well, Kansas City's fighting everybody. Kansas City's fighting everybody. Yeah, Yankees are going to Kansas City next week. I have nothing. I don't want any suspensions from Kansas City, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we're gonna get suspended, can we can we get something it, against keep, a division? Yeah, keep it in the division, right? That's right. Yeah. So then, as you alluded to earlier, the Yankees uh, lost their first series since mid-April when they lost on the road in Baltimore. They dropped two out of three to Toronto, and uh, the bullpen in that first game sort of uh, melted down a little bit, and they ended up losing the game three to one. This was a game, this series in Toronto, I was not able to really follow the games closely. As I mentioned on the last episode, I was, I was busy uh, with other stuff. But um, sort of take me through, take us through what happened in that, that seventh inning meltdown in that Monday in Toronto. Well, they got into some trouble and the Batantis came in and there was a hard hit ball down the line to, uh, it, honestly, it should have been passed Headley nine times out of ten. He made a ridiculous play to to come up with the ball and then threw, threw, uh, threw across the diamond and it was uh, Garrett Jones who was playing first, could not come up with the ball, kind of stared at it for a minute and run scored. And, and that kind of set the Twitter sphere on fire, set a lot of people on fire because one, Tex wasn't there as a defensive replacement. He was uh, sitting out that day. He had a day off. Yeah, uh, if you're so- going to give Tex the day off, you're not going to bring him in for defense. You, when a starter gets a day off, maybe he'll pinch hit if they really need like a game-tying home run. Right. You're not going to go put him in for defense. Well, the other thing was is that also Tex had come to Girardi and said he had a little discomfort, uh, I want to say in his abs or somewhere in his uh, – in his abdomen or somewhere uh, on his on his chest area so that was like another reason they were just kind of holding it just giving him a day off to let that rest so there was a little bit more to that um but honestly like let's let's get something straight here that ball was smoked down the third baseline headley made a ridiculous play to to even get to the ball and then came up with the ball and made a good i thought it was a good throw it was on one hop uh, it was a late hop, so it was a little bit hard to handle. It was not an easy play for Garrett Jones either. And, you know, a lot of people keep saying that Garrett Jones is not a first baseman. He's not a first baseman, but he is a first baseman. He's literally their backup first baseman. There's there's nobody else who's going to be there. So, yeah, so Girardi saw, has to have some people that he's going to rely on as backups. Yeah, and we saw earlier in the year A-Rod can't play first base. 
No, I mean, he turns the glove weird ways. He's just not used to the position, and you can't have him over there, especially late in a game like that. There's no reason for him to be over there. No. So Garrett Jones is your most seasoned first baseman at that point um, because Tex is not an option from Girardi's standpoint, which is I'm fine with. Honestly, Like, give him the day off. That's cool. No problems. Um, it was a tough play. B- the ball did not bounce our way. And, and we took a loss. That's uh, one of those it games, is what it is. That's one of those games I'm not going to get too upset about because the bullpen has carried this team so far, and they're going to have all, they're going to have nights where they they just aren't they just give it up. And they can't be perfect. Yeah. You can't you can't expect them to be perfect. But the next night, uh, our our newly emerged ace Pineda came out and he put put his foots on the throats of Toronto. That's exactly what you want out of your ace. You lose a game and he comes back eight innings, uh, six Ks, five hits, totally shut him down. Just he's been unreal. Dude, Pineda has been just just awesome for this team, especially with Tanaka going down. Uh, Pineda has really stepped up. Uh, I've heard of the media. He doesn't want to talk about the, the newly appointed ace or that Tanaka's out there. He doesn't even want to think about that stuff. He doesn't want to focus on it. He just wants to go out there and throw the ball like he knows how to throw. And that's what he's been doing. He's been he's been the stopper. You know, uh, like we had Andy Pettit for how many years being our stopper? He was the guy that you could rely on if there was a losing streak and Pettit was number was called. The, the the losing streak would end, you know, most times, and uh, Pineda's turning into a guy that's that's really becoming uh, someone who we can rely on. So yeah, he he had another great outing. One thing in that game though that sort of made me sick to my stomach was they had a five run lead going into the ninth. Carpenter was pitching and he couldn't even get out of the inning with a five run lead. Yeah, Carpenter's had his struggles. Um, you know, I, I know we're going to talk about this later too, but. There's just there's there's a lot of guys who are are not earning the trust of Girardi right now in the middle of that uh, bullpen that, in that middle relief area. So you know we're gonna need some guys to emerge as as those the, the guys who can um, you know kind of solidify those fifth and sixth innings and, and then getting into the seventh inning too if if our pitching doesn't you know if, if it keeps doing what it's doing and and not getting deep into games. And CC is now zero and five on the season. He lost the rubber match in Toronto and. He desperately needs a win because it's going to get to the point where it's all mental. And even if he pitches well, like he pitched well. Getting uh, to the point. It's there, yeah, man. Yeah, like he pitched well, I know, in uh, Detroit a couple weeks back. He pitched well in Fenway, and they just couldn't get him the win. But, you know, he like like this game against Toronto, he, they, they've, he gave up a couple runs early. He couldn't go deep in the games, and we're seeing that every time he goes out. And, you know, if the offense... You know, falls behind and, and they're just not having a good night. Yeah, maybe they haven't scored a ton of runs for him, but there's no excuses. His ERA is in the fives, and he's just looked terrible. They started bunting to him too, by the way. Well, that's in that smart. Game. That's yeah, smart. Yeah, they they did. They they they. Uh, what's this kid's name? It sounds like a uh, an old Red Sox name. Uh, not Millar. It's Pilar. Oh, uh, Pilar. Yeah, Kevin Pilar. Guy. Every time I hear Kevin Pilar, I hear like Kevin Millar. I'm like, I hate that guy. And my blood starts boiling. But it was Kevin Pilar, I believe, who did it, who laid down a bunt. It was a good bunt. It wasn't a great bunt. Probably any other, every other pitcher gets it. Uh, but CC gets it a little bit late. And the other thing about CC is he falls off the other side. You know, coming, getting back over to a bunt up the line is tough for him to get to, well, especially we, now. But they, they started to do it, which I thought was interesting. We talked about it, though. If he's not going to field his position, then teams are going to take advantage of it. That's exactly yeah. what I would want the Yankees to do. Are they, or is it like the shift where we say go the other way and then nothing, it, it just never happens? You know, it's one of those things that, like, yeah, it's there for you every time, but who's going to actually do it? Well, they finally did it. Someone finally did it and took advantage of it. But yeah, CC's, man, CC's just, uh, you know, you, you're alluding to the fact that it's going to be mental. I think it is mental now. He's 0 5. He probably should have a couple wins um, because he's pitched well enough in, in, 
you know, one or two games to get a win. I, two, I'd games, say. two games yeah, two where games. I think he could have gotten a win. But but he didn't, and now he's 0-5. And, uh, and yeah, like we talked about, you know, hopefully this, this thing turns into something a little bit more where he starts getting used to pitching like he's doing. Uh, but this is a new thing for him, and it's not working well for him at all right now. And I would say, how much longer can they keep running out a guy that takes a loss every night? But they don't. They're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep running them out there. They don't have any other options. What are they going to put him in the bullpen? That's not going to happen. People keep people on Twitter keep saying, "Put him in the bullpen. Put him in the bullpen." He's got nine. He's throwing. He's topping out at ninety miles an hour. You're going to go put him in the bullpen. He's going to get. He's going to get shelled. Yeah, he could be a a a lefty specialist. Yeah, (laughs) but that's not happening. Let's let's just get that straight. It's not happening. Yeah, and then. The first game in the Baltimore series, A-Rod finally surpassed the great Willie Mays, 661, an absolute bomb to center field. Then he got robbed uh, in the first inning. Delman Young robbed him of a home run ended up being a sack fly. But, man, the ball's just jumping off his bat. I, I, he took such an easy swing at that ball, and he just put it out to dead left center. It's just, it's unbelievable. I know we say this every time, but it's unbelievable how, how well he is playing. Yeah, he's playing well. The average dipped for a, little, for a couple of weeks, and now he's starting to get back up. Uh, he's, I he's, don't care about the average. I really that's don't. true. I know. I mean, what, 250? He's hitting, I think today I saw a 243 batting average. Yeah, so, but his OBP is still high. His slugging yep. percentage is high. It, he's he's in there for power, not singles the other way. No, you're right. Uh, the, the thing about that is, is that we're gonna, we have a few of those guys now who have those low batting averages. But to tell you the truth, with the ball going over the fence like it's going right now, you, you can get away with that. You can absolutely get away with that because the – the um, runs are there on the home run. So the power is there. They're doing well. A-Rod's having a – so far, he's been doing great. You know, I think a lot of us were, – were, we, when we were doing the A-Rod episode and when we were talking about him early in the season, I think we kind of had the, the same feeling about this. In the beginning of the season, I feel like both of us expected him to hit, right? Because he's healthy. He's ready to go. The, the, the big thing is, is, is this grind? Is, is it going to be, is he going to be hitting when it's really, when it's starting to get 95 degrees consistently out there and in June and in July? That's what I think the, the, the telltale signs of A-Rod, what he's going to be for the duration of the season. So I'm absolutely ecstatic about what he's doing now. And I really do hope it can, it can, can, you know, stay, stay, you know, it's an extended period of time. And hopefully this DH thing is really helping him out. So you know, we're just going to have to keep watching, but right now you can't ask for anything more what we're getting from him. So there was a little controversy in the Twittersphere this week that possibly uh, Michael Kay and John Sterling on their home run calls of 661 were told how to react because yeah. they both had a very sort of stoic um, – it was basically their usual home run call. You know, Sterling did the A-bomb from A-Rod thing and Michael Kay did the, you know, the C-ya thing. And there was no sort of mention of him passing – uh, Willie Mays, do you think that there's? Do you believe in the controversy? Do you believe that the team told those guys how to call it? I absolutely do not believe that the Yankees told them what to do at all. Everybody gets on Michael K. That's fine. You guys can get on Michael K. All you want, John Sterling. But listen, let's 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 look at this in another perspective. Maybe they don't think it's a big deal. Maybe personally, as baseball guys, as old school baseball guys, maybe they're baseball purists. I guarantee John Sterling is. From the way Michael Kay talks, he pretty much um, is is that way as well. Maybe they don't think it should be recognized as much. Maybe they don't want to disrespect Willie Mays by making a big deal out of it. Maybe it's a personal opinion. Honestly, if I was doing it, I probably would have done the same thing. I'm happy that he's doing well. But I don't 
think it's a it's a huge milestone for for him because of the controversy. It is what it is. It was it was a it was a great moment for for A Rod. It's a personal thing. I don't think the that the records have uh, really any weight. So. No, I don't believe in any of this controversy. I think it's all a and, bunch of smoke. And A-Rod handled the question from Verducci after the game perfectly. Verducci asked him about the whole uh, contract bonuses and everything and passing Willie Mays. And A-Rod, to his credit, because he's given you know great answers every time he's been faced with tough questions, he said, you know, no one's ever going to pass Willie Mays. He's probably the best all-around player of all time. And I'm just happy you know, I got the hit and I'm doing well and the team's doing well. And that's the perfect answer from A-Rod. And if he keeps doing that, I'm going to continue to be a huge A-Rod fan all year. And I think everybody is. Look, A-Rod honestly has been a model citizen. He has handled himself perfectly. He has done everything awesome this year. He's, he's handled the media very well. He has not talked about any of this stuff. He's given great answers. He's been uh, amazing. He really has. I wish he. I wish he had done this a long time ago. I know, right? It makes you wonder, like, what the hell was he doing all yeah, these years? Yeah, because he's really been perfect this year, uh, like the, off the field too. So yes, his answers have been great. He's downplayed it. He's made it a personal thing for him, and that's great. And 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 about the team, and about the runs, and about the hits, and about the wins, and that's what you want. You want a rah rah guy in in the midst of this that's not causing any distractions, and that's exactly what he's done. I really. So, do think I got to give him credit for it. I really do think he's a team leader and that people in that clubhouse like him. I think he's finally humbled. That's what I think. I think he's finally humbled. I think it's taken him a long time to get to this point and that he's realized that this game is a hell of a lot bigger than he is, a hell of a lot bigger than what he does on and off the field, and he's handling it accordingly. And I think that absolutely can help in a leadership role in the team. And I think he is – he's definitely – the guy's – Look up to him. You can tell by some of the social posts um, and and you know people cheering him on on social media. So and just the interactions between the the guys in the clubhouse. You can tell that he's well liked in that clubhouse. So I was under. I think my opinion before maybe if you asked me two weeks ago, do you think the Yankees should pay the home run bonuses? I would have said yes because I think that the saving the six million dollars is not worth the potential distraction it could have called. Uh, could have caused. But it really has not caused a distraction, it seems, with A-Rod or the team. He's sweeping it under the rug. The team is sweeping sweeping it under the rug. And they're playing well. The only people that are talking about it is us. We're talking about it. Everyone on, everyone on social media is talking about it. So if A-Rod can block it out, then all, all more power to him. So you don't think they should pay now then? <laughs> I, I mean, they're not going to. And it yeah. doesn't seem to be affecting A-Rod. So no. Save the six million bucks. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. They're not going to go down without a fight. But I don't think anything happens till after the season. So it's going to be honestly for this season. I think it's going to be a moot point, and everybody's playing off the way they're supposed to. I feel like there was an agreement behind the scenes that like, hey, we're not going to talk about it. We'll deal with this after the season um, with the Yankees and A Rod's people. I, I feel like that was done. Um, so yeah, I think it's more of a media thing than anybody else, than anything else. Well, perfect. That's the perfect way to handle it. Yeah, yeah. Why not? It's business. Handle it like businessmen behind the scenes. We don't. I don't care. I could care less. I could care less about that that bonus. To tell you the truth. Thus concludes the A Rod six sixty one talk for for this episode. Thankfully, and are there any more milestones that I gotta that I gotta wait out? Hey, I know. Let's hope he gets to seven hundred this year. Oh geez, yeah. And then they they won game two of the Baltimore series. Some bad news actually that came out of this game. Um, so this was a bullpen game. Um, 
they they got four and a third innings out of Wilson, Martin, Batances, and Miller. Warren only couldn't even get through the fifth with with uh, kind of a big lead at the time. But after the game, Mar- or the next day, they said that uh, Chris Martin had elbow tendonitis, yeah. which oh, that sound that does not sound good. Anytime, you don't want to ever hear anything about the elbow. Yeah, anytime you're talking about elbow, I immediately think Tommy John surgery, and it sucks because Martin seemed to be emerging as Girardi's number three guy out of that pen. Yeah, it's it's never good when you hear anything about the elbow. So hopefully, hopefully, I mean, tendonitis is, is it, it flares down as it flared up, and uh, and he can just you know some R and R will help that out. But he was put on the DL, um, and then yeah, we're we're seeing from Warren again, like not going deep into the game. This is becoming an issue, and like you said, he had a lead, and when you have a lead, the way you. What was a five-run lead? I think it was a five-run lead for that in that game. It was five. It, it was. I think it was five to nothing. Yeah, and he couldn't get out of the fifth inning. So, so here's the deal: when you have a five-run lead, I mean, you want to stay around the strike zone, right? You want you want them to put it in play at that point. And he was walking guys, and he was he was having control issues. That's not good. Like at that point, when you're in the fifth inning and you have a five-run lead. You need to start throwing strikes. You need to start throwing strikes. If you and, give up a let, solo home run, you give up a solo home run. Exactly. I honestly rather see a solo home run with a five-run lead than a leadoff walk. But he's been having trouble throwing the ball over the plate in the in the you know fourth, fifth inning, sixth well, inning. He's he's, he's, he's like, having issues with. But it. But we've talked about this. He's better served out of the pen. Right. Well, he's the the crazy thing is he's been a starter the whole minor league career, and then he comes up well, in these last in this year. Pen. He killed it out of the pen. You're right. I agree. I think he is better on the major league level as a bullpen arm. I think he really helps our middle relief uh, pitching because I think he's very good in that, you know, six, the three, he could go three, three innings um, for Girardi if a guy gets in trouble early and you can actually depend on him for that. So I like him out of that role. And I think it's going to happen soon. I think when Capuano comes back, I think he's going to go back into that role, which is going to help our bullpen even more. Absolutely. And and Saturday's game, they lost 6-2, to two, sort of a boring game. Nothing really to make note of other than the fact that, for whatever reason, the Yankees make Wei Yin Chen look like Sandy Koufax. Yeah, they were. Uh, he was. He, he couldn't. Uh, there's a lefty. So is that is that the tough lefty that we're seeing in the AL East? Maybe, <laughs> Dude, maybe he's the guy. He throws like 87. <laughs> but yeah, they couldn't touch him. Um, that he was. Uh, he was. He had a lot of success, uh, especially at the top of the order. I think that was one of the the keys for him was to kind of wrangle in Ellsbury and Gardner because they've been just unbelievable at the top of the order, getting on and creating havoc on the base path. And he did a really good job keeping those guys at bay. Yep. Yesterday, Ellsbury's hit streak ended. I think he went 0 for 4 or 0 for 5, and he had been um, obviously on fire. Uh, and you're right. That's a big thing. If you keep those top two guys off of off base, and Arod wasn't in the lineup, um, they actually said he might have had a little bit of a tight hamstring yeah. from the triple the night before. But I, I think he seems to be fine now. But yeah, you're right. If those guys are not getting on base, the, and the team's not going to string a ton of hits together because they're all hitting in the mid to low 200s, other than the top two guys. And so he kept guys off base and was able to. To hold him down. And, well, that, and that's why that's why we can get away with these low averages because the power is there because yep. we got guys setting the table. We got guys like Ellsbury and Gardner getting on base for these guys who you know hit a home run, um, you know every four at bats and and driving those runs. So so that's what's working. If those guys are you know get into a slump, we could see some issues with this offense. Uh, but as long as those guys are going well and we have some some you know good power in the middle of that lineup, we're going to score runs. So I want to talk about Pineda today because it was absolutely filthy. 16 strikeouts in seven innings. The only reason they took him out of the game is because he had like 110 pitches. 
uh, just unreal. Just probably the best starting performance I've seen from a Yankees pitcher in at least three or four years. I mean, nothing's coming to mind of something that dominant. Yeah, I mean, 16 strikeouts, that's crazy. I think at one point he had, uh, through fifth, for 15, with 15 outs uh, recorded, 12 of them were strikeouts. I mean, he was just, uh, you know, J.J. Hardy found found the ball, hit the, I think, I think Pineda hit his bat, and it went over the, uh, it went over the fence. But other than that, yeah, he was unbelievable. No walks, that's another key. His strikeout to walk ratio is ridiculous. Uh, the man just does not walk people. Would you have taken him out, or would you have let him try and get the at least the Yankee record of Ron Guidry's 18Ks? I would have taken him out. I would have, uh, you know, because we're in the day and age of managing pitches, and it's the pitch count era, and he's had shoulder issues in the past. Uh, I don't want to do anything that's out of the norm for him. Uh, you know, he's he's been great, and I think, uh, you know, I don't even know if he hit 100 pitches before. Maybe maybe he just one time he hit 100 pitches this season. So I, I'm not going to really extend him too much. Uh, those records don't mean anything to me right now. Wins and health is the most important when we're talking about May 10th um, of the season. So so no, I would have pulled him. I, I think Girardi made the right call. I agree, but I also want to touch on something that you and I uh, hit on before we started recording today and you said because of pitch counts we're probably never going to see another 20 strikeout game and I, and I and I totally agree because there's just you throw too many pitches when you're when you're striking guys out and teams are not going to let guys throw 120 130 140 pitches to just to get the 20 strikeouts they're just not going to risk it not unless Nolan Ryan comes out of the brass and starts managing uh, a game, a team somewhere, is that going to happen. And not only that, the pitch counts are, are absolutely monitored, but there are so many reliever specialty relievers now, too, that even if it's, it, you know, maybe it's a close game, the situation has to be absolutely perfect for that to happen. But when you have that many strikeouts, you're going to throw a lot of pitches because it's just, that's just how it works. And um, yeah, so pitch count and then specialty relievers, I agree. I, I, don't, see, I don't see it happening. Maybe... Uh, you know, there's a fluke day somewhere where down the line, but you know, 20 pitches, 300 wins, they're, they're, those records are are pretty safe, I think. And as we talked about, Pineda has definitely emerged as the Yankees' ace. Um, even if Tanaka was in the rotation right now, I still think Pineda would be the ace. So that just is good. If if Tanaka c- can come back healthy and and just be good then I really like the way this rotation is looking. Yeah, and he's come back. He's actually throwing now. He's throwing off flat ground now, which is a, a earlier than we expected him to be throwing. Um, granted, he's not throwing from the from the rubber, and he's not grow, uh, throwing at full strength, but um, he's, he's throwing the ball already, which is a good sign, and, and, he, and he claims that he feels good. So, yeah, let's hope he gets back. And, you know, having those two guys as a healthy one-two is just nasty. I mean, it really is. It's, it's nasty. Everybody buddy, better be prepared for a, yes, Yankeeography, the Mother's Day beatdown or the Mother's Day whatever of Pineda's 16 strikeouts because I think we're going to be seeing that, that start for years to come. That w- it was really something special to watch. I don't think they're going to call it the Mother's Day beatdown, though. That's I'm actually pretty- really <laughs> no, that, You're right. You're right. That probably does, that wouldn't be. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, though, because it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to get into uh, voicemails. We mentioned on uh, the last few episodes that we got a voicemail line, 646 which you just told me before the show is Babe Ruth plus Mariano Rivera. So that's an easy way to remember it. 0342. Uh, but did we get any voicemails? Uh, we got one. We got nice. a voicemail. Yes, yes, we did. And it's a, it's a, it's about Jose Perella, which I love. All right. So, so let's, let's play it. Yeah, let's take a listen. Hey, guys. This is Tim in Denver. Uh, love the show. Big Yankee fan. 
listen to your show every week. Um, here's my question. Jose Perella, he hit like 500 in the minors. The guy with a spark plug, he can hit. Um, will he be able to do that and continue that in the majors? Thanks. All right, Tim in Denver, uh, thanks for the call. So, so Scott, and I think what he meant to say was Perella hit 500 on his rehab assignment. Yeah. Uh, but he did kill it all throughout spring training and, and in the minors as well. So definitely, um, you know, we saw good things out of Perella. But uh, do you think that, you know, he got the call up? Do you think that he should be in the order on a daily basis going forward? Yes, I do. I want him in the. I want him in the batting order uh, almost every day, whether it's, uh, you know, flip-flapping people at second base and shortstop. Yes, I want to see him in there. I mean, give him a day at DH. I don't care. The dude is brings life to the bottom of the uh, the batting order, and he, you know, like like Tim said, he's a spark plug. He absolutely is a spark plug for this lineup, and I want to see him in there as much as possible. And Girardi, he's been up. He's been playing like every other day, and I just have a gut feeling that Girardi's going to keep doing that. He's going to keep doing that. He's not going to put him in the lineup. Um, so I think we need major struggles from uh, from second base even more. With maybe the production level's got to dip for Drew for him to be out of the lineup. Maybe Gregorius has to not hit for Drew to slide over to short. I don't know what's got to happen, but I want Perella in the lineup. So this is a perfect segue to three up, three down, because I see in the notes that Jose Perella is one of your positives, not to yes. spoiler alert. But uh, so let's get into three up, three down. Uh, what are your three positives you're seeing out of this team right now? Yeah, so I, you know, just talking on the Perella thing. I mean, I think he gives us life at that bottom of the order. I think he he turns around the order very well. He's uh, he's a right-handed bat at, at the nine spot who can really spark it and get it going for the top of the order guys. And you know, he hits for average, which is something that we what I would really like to see at the bottom of the order. And this lineup can absolutely use another guy who hits for average. We need that in the lineup. He runs the base as well. He's he he gets on base a lot. Give me Jose Perella. Give me a lot of him, please. There's really no reason to not put him in the lineup because you're getting barely anything out of Didi and Drew offensively right now. So so stick him in there and see what you got. He, he's going to give the bottom of the order life. And he's right-handed, which is also big because both um, Drew and Didi hit from the left side. And then you turn the lineup over and you got Ellsbury and Gardner. So there's a lot of lefties all clumped together. Yeah. So it, it really, there's no excuse to not see him in the lineup at least, you know, three, four times a week. And when you hear Girardi talk about this, I mean, he's always talking about how Drew's numbers don't really reflect the the production that he's had. And I, and I understand that his numbers are are very low. His batting average is extremely low, but his hits have been timely, right? They've been they've been timely. They add, there's no other way to put it. The dude produced in big moments, um, and he's he's had some big big hits, and he's been hitting the ball with power when he hits the ball. But he for God's sake, he had the grand slam in um, Baltimore. Other than that, I'm sorry, a couple solo home runs does not mean timely hits. No, he's had he's had a couple other timely hits as well. But Joe is all about the production value of what those runs mean. Like he's got some metrics that he's pulled out of the sky, and it just makes him think that Drew's better than he is. And you know, it's not there. I, I just I just don't see it. Like, give me. I I think Didi's a long term plan for the Yankees, so I don't think they're going to move him. Plus, I think his defense is just unbelievable. I think he's got. I love watching him play shortstop. Honestly, like his arm, watching him throw the ball is is amazing. The the, the strength that he has and the accuracy that he has throwing the ball on the run and the range, it's it's fun to watch. So, you know, we, we could give up a little bit of offense uh, from a guy who is giving you the the defense that he's doing. He, he hasn't made the blunders that he made early in the season. So, I want 
this is what I want. Let, let's just cut to the chase. I want Jose Perella to play second base. I want Drew to be a utility infielder. Brendan Ryan has no job when he gets healthy. That's just the way I see it. You mean the offensive juggernaut that is Brendan Ryan? Has yeah, he's not going to be on this team. There's no, there's no place for him. There's no reason for him to be on this team. Stephen Drew is doing what he could do. Make him the utility guy. Put Perella in as the second baseman because he's going to be better. His defense isn't bad. And Didi's your your shortstop. Give a couple days off uh, for Drew in the field when you need him. I think between Perella, Drew, and Didi, they can combine to play all six or seven days a week, and that's fine with me. As long as Perella's in there quite a bit, that's all I want. Yeah, I just... well, Perella will be the second baseman, you know, say four days a week, and then you fill in Didi and Drew with the remaining time at short and second. Yeah. I mean, it's going to have to... But the thing is, is that if, if Perella keeps hitting... I mean, he's he's hitting 340-something or 350 already while, while he's been up. Well, yeah, it's, um, only, it's only a handful. I understand that, it's so. a handful, but that's what he does. I mean, he's shown that he does that, right? And like Tim was talking about on that call, he, he hit over 500 in his rehab assignment in AAA. The, the kid rakes. He rakes. So let's get that rake in the lineup consistently. All right, so what's your, your number two positive? Uh, my number two positive, we've talked on this a bunch already, but it's got to be said, uh, Pineda is uh, the ace of the staff right now, and more on, he's the stopper. You know, I, I see him as a guy we can rely on, a guy that if the team is struggling and Pineda's on the mound, the entire team, the entire fan base has confidence that we can get a win that night. Um, so that that's my number two. And then number three, which we've been waiting for since opening day, is Carlos Beltran. Looks like he's got a little bit of life in that in that bat and uh today he hit his first home run so we're seeing some positive signs out of carlos beltran which which i'm really excited about maybe he should stick with the pink bat maybe that's his good luck charm use the pink bat every day that's fine i love it you know if he's uh let's just let's get something straight on that too if carlos beltran starts hitting Mm -hmm. this lineup is going to be filthy yep it it really is i want to say uh, since I looked up a stat, May 1st, I think Beltran has been, uh, he's 10 for 32, 313 average, five extra base hits, six RBIs. That's life, baby. Absolutely. So uh, my my positives for this team so far, and this is sort of a trend that I've been seeing after the first month plus of games, is they just don't die. This team battles t- to the last out, even if they're losing. They were losing the other night in Toronto, and they ended up getting the tying run uh, at at home plate uh, yeah they didn't win but at least they didn't go down one two three like we saw a number of times last year so i love the fight out of this team i love the way they grind out wins and uh, i think that bodes well for for late september and hopefully october baseball yeah man there's a there's a lot of heart in this team and that's something we have not seen in a while and i, I like it i think there's there's leaders emerging the yankees obviously knew that garter was going to be a tremendous leader as he was the face of the MLB for the Yankees um, and I think he's coming on I think you've, you like you said before I think A-Rod's kind of giving that good veteran presence um, and, and helping guys out and you're seeing uh, a lot of gelling and I think that gelling is really helping guys uh, you know this team fight through games and and, and not never give up so yeah and that's, that's a perfect segue into my next one uh, I touched on it earlier but A-Rod has not been a distraction he's been a team leader and obviously a positive at the plate but there's been, there's been no distractions this year. The last two years, you know, we had the Mariano farewell tour, we had the Jeter farewell tour, and while those were, you know, amazing and I love those guys, let's be honest, it probably wasn't best for the team on the field. When you have well, all that 
all those shenanigans going on, you know, every time before they go on a road trip, it's like Jeter's getting cowboy boots. He's getting like a Mariano's getting sandcastles made out of, you know, whatever. It's just, you know, I, I just love that they're just playing baseball. That's the main focus this year is winning games. Well, and, you know, every single time Jeter stepped to the plate, there was a standing ovation. And, uh, you know, it's going to be the last one that that person sees, whoever's in the stands. And, you know, granted, it's not like a, it's a bad distraction, but, yeah, it is. Because every game – I'm sorry, it's not a bad distraction, but it is a distraction because every game was about those guys. Right. Especially when they're on the road, right? It gets old. People, it's got to get old. And people are coming to the stadium to see those guys because yep. they want to see – they want to say, hey, I went to this place at this time and saw him on his last year. So – yeah, it's a distraction. There's no doubt about it. There, there, there had to be, and and the guys in the clubhouse had to have felt that at some point. And now it's just loosey goosey, mustaches, <laughs> mustache hits. rides for everybody. Let's go. My third positive is that the the division is weak, and the Yankees right now are the strongest team in the division. And I think they need to take a stranglehold. They can take a stranglehold right now if they go on. Uh, you know, they keep playing good baseball. And um, I don't see anybody else, you know, in the division going on a, you know, 20 out of 25 win streak just because I don't see any of the, you know, Boston doesn't have the pitching. I don't think Toronto has the pitching. Baltimore, they they just seem way too inconsistent. Um, uh, Tampa definitely has the pitching, but other than Longoria and Loney, I don't see any offense out of them. So I really think uh, the Yankees right now have emerged as, as the top team in the division. And that's that's good to see. Yeah, and you know, we this has been a big stretch for us. This seventeen game stretch of AL East division uh, foes, and we've done we've shown pretty well. I mean, we swept we swept the Red, Red Sox, we lost a series in Toronto, but then we came back and won three of four with Baltimore, and now we have a big series at the Trop. Trop's given us problems in the past. Four game series. Um, yeah, four game series down there. So so this will be a, another one. We want to we want to finish this this uh, the seventeen game stretch of uh, you know AL East opponents strong um, because you know you, you kind of touched on the Rays pitching they've had some injuries which yeah. uh, which have been bad but they also have some guys who are coming back uh, off of injury that, that are going to be helping them um, in the rotation and uh, um, they're Offense has actually been better than that. Sousa kid has been hitting well. Um, they've had some kids that that have been that have been you know actually hitting the ball a little bit, and they've been actually, a good. I actually surprised. like Sousa Junior. He's he looks. Like I do he's too. Be a good player. Uh, yeah, I think he is going to be a good player. I think he's going to be a good player. But you know when they when they start getting reloaded in that in that um in that rotation, they're they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. So this could be a, a nice. We've handled them well this year. We've done well against the Rays so far. So hopefully in these next four games. Uh, we can we can really uh, spread some distance because they're right now they're in second place I believe they're so the closest ones to us. I was just looking it up as as you were talking there. They are the Yankees are going to face Archer in Game Two of the series down in Tampa. That's that, the first time this year. That's the first time this year, and he's been yeah. lights out. So you know it's going to be a tough series. It is going to be a tough series, but ho- you know hopefully we can um, you know come out with uh, with some uh, with some good good things coming out of there. You know even a split I'd be okay with to tell you the truth. So we were joking before we we jumped on here that you know we were struggling to come up with three negatives each, which is right. weird for me at least. But this team just has not had a ton of things to complain about. So I think what we're going to do is combine um, our three negatives each into three total negatives. So uh, what what is uh, the first negative you're seeing right now? Yeah, it's going to sound like a broken record, but it's it's Drew and uh, Didi at the bottom of the lineup. We need to start turning over that lineup better, and I think Perella is instant offense. So get me Perella. 
Yep, we don't need to really harp on that anymore. Yep. Um, one thing I'm seeing, and it, it seems to be a trend with everybody except Pineda, is that these starters are just not going deep in games. I looked it up. Other than Pineda, the starters are averaging five and two-thirds innings pitched um, on a nightly basis, and you just can't put that much stress on your bullpen. As good as our bullpen is, you can't expect them to get three, four, sometimes five innings every night. It's gonna They're going to wear out by, by June or July, and it's just way too much stress on the, you know, especially Batances and Miller, but on everybody out of that pen. The starters have to start going deeper in games. Well, and that's the thing, you know, we need to, if nothing else, we need to keep Batantis and Miller healthy and ready to go for a stretch run. And, you know, if we're not seeing, like even today, Batantis had to come in because yeah. um, we couldn't S. get S. out of Rogers. the... Yeah, so Rodgers couldn't get out of the inning. So, like, things like that. Like, the middle relief has got to be better as well. And, you know, Girardi has zero confidence in any of those guys. So, yeah. you know, we talked about this earlier. Having Warren out there, it's going to help matters. Um, but, but yeah... These guys need to get deeper. They need to start throwing more strikes. I think. I, it's just. I think they're 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 just finding the the uh, strike zone has been tough uh, for Warren, especially. Whitley had kind of a fluky outing with those home runs because he doesn't usually give up home runs. Those um, were some Yankee Stadium home runs, though. They were. They were. So you know, you you like to think that Whitley. But again, Whitley's a guy that that's you know come fifth inning. You know, you're hoping he's going to get at, get through the fifth and sixth, and uh, you know we need to see more of these guys getting into the seventh inning. And right now, Batances and Miller have been perfect, literally perfect. They have not given up any runs so far. Eventually, they're going to get they're going to give up runs. So expecting them to be perfect, I mean, they're going to be good all year, but they're not going to be perfect. So we, I really can't stress that enough. How much you know they're relying on the pen right now, and how that could really be a negative for later in the season. Yeah, and, and Miller a couple times has gotten himself like the the Orioles game. He got himself into a little bit of trouble, but the, the man just came back and dealt. And, and the Red Sox got game last Sunday. Yeah, loaded, so he, loaded the bases. That's happened a couple times with him. And, you know, those are not going to all go our way every single time. That's going to happen, and someone's going to get a big hit, and they're going to score runs. So just assume that that's going to happen at some point. They're not going to be perfect. So third, third negative I'm seeing right now out of this team is they're making some mental mistakes, and especially on the base paths. And we saw it. I saw two instances in this afternoon's game. Yeah. The first was Gardner trying to steal third in the first inning with McCann up. It was a 2-0 count, uh, first and second, two outs, and you're trying to steal third. I don't have a, a damn clue why he was trying to steal third there. Let McCann get a good pitch to hit and drive it in the gap or hit it out. Do not run yourself out of an inning. So you and I, I mean, look, I, I think he was wrong, obviously, because he was out, and that's the biggest thing. Uh, I think the, um, Gardner has a green light. He has the green light to do whatever he wants on the base path. That's a given. Him and Ellsbury have the green light. So what he was trying to do, there was a runner on first base as well. It was first and second. And what my – I'm just trying to break down what his what his thought process was possibly. I think he was trying to get those runners to second and third and have two guys in scoring position. And what I think he saw was that the pitcher was not paying attention to him and he had a base. You could tell by how pissed off he was when he got thrown out. He didn't think there was a chance that he was going to get thrown out. I felt like he thought he was going to have it 100%. And those are the moments where you have to be 100%. you got to get there. Was A-Rod running by, well, Actually, was it A-Rod or Teixeira on first? I, I don't remember I don't who remember, exactly what, was behind him, but there they, was somebody behind him and they were moving. They were moving. So you gotta you got to believe that you know he was trying to get two runners into scoring position with the throw down to third. And it just didn't work out. So, yeah, but there's a lefty hitter up, and it makes the throw easy for the catcher. It's just it, the risk reward there. It just doesn't make sense to me. Look, I get it, uh, but at the same time, 
I've talked about this in the past, but having Gardner and Ellsbury creating havoc on the base path and being aggressive, I like the aggressiveness. Maybe it wasn't the right call. Maybe it wasn't the right time. Fine. You know, he's allowed a, a one or two of those blunders. But I like the aggressiveness. I like that the fact that he's trying to take advantage of opportunities. And for all I know, he saw an opportunity that his him and his penguin glove could take advantage of. And it just didn't work out. So O'Neill um, called it an oven mitt today on the broadcast. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, oven well, mitt, penguin glove. I, I can't handle that thing. Well, what'd you think of when Didi tried to stretch the double into a triple? And now then, that one pissed me off. And then Drew couldn't score. I whatever that inning that was, seventh or eighth inning. Now that one pissed me off because Didi hits a great, does a great thing. He he hits a ball, drives it off the right field fence. You know, opportune hitting. He did a great job. He finally got a big hit. And two runs are going to score in front of him. But he tries to stretch out a two-out triple. For what reason? I have no friggin' clue. There's zero. That point, there's zero reason to get to third. You go to second base, you stand up, and you clap. You clap, and you be happy for yourself that you drove in two runs with two outs. That's what you do. You do not try to stretch that out. Now, there were some issues with uh, earlier in the game with um, Headley scoring uh you know i i think the third base coach didn't send him or there was confusion there yeah and then delman young threw it behind him so headley but headley Headley was sort of caught in the middle headley came he had a big turn around third and that's why i think delman young threw it behind him is because he saw headley you know sort of take a he went about you know 20 feet down the line and sort of came to a stop i think that's why the throw went there well, and I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that the is, is that coach was was uh, possibly not doing his job at that point. And again, uh, with Drew, he was looking at Drew and not giving Didi any signs. So Didi was kind of on his own with the play behind him. But uh, it doesn't matter to me. That doesn't matter. I don't care if the play's behind you. The play's in front of you when you're rounding first base. You see the play. Stand up on second base and watch those runs score. There's no reason for it. There's absolutely no reason for it. So I'll base hit your scoring anyway on the next pitch. So it doesn't matter. So yeah, Didi. I mean, Didi's made some mistakes on the base path. That's not the first time he's done that, and you know he needs to clean that up because that's that is the type of thing that is going to lose ball games at some point. That's the type of thing that's just that cannot happen. It was they, a stupid base running. They can't make mental mistakes because, especially on the base paths, because the team's only hitting two thirty eight with runners in scoring position. You can't be given outs away. You got to have every chance you can get at the plate and hope for a hit. Well, yeah, and you need base runners, and and by not having by being thrown out, you're getting rid of a base runner, and by with these guys hitting the ball over the fence every four at bats, or you know at a at a two twenty clip, two hundred clip, you need base runners, so you cannot be making those mistakes. Absolutely right. So you know, even even though the team is twenty and twelve or whatever they are, we still found something to get heated about, and that's that's why I love it. <laughs> Hey, it's all good, man. Because you know these are the little things that are gonna that are gonna bite you in the end. And uh, you know mechanics and the fundamentals of baseball they will always be the most important thing. Absolutely, absolutely. So as we mentioned, uh, four games in Tampa on the road, and then three games uh, this next coming weekend in Kansas City, and then mercifully they have an off day. I feel like it's been forever since they had an off day. Yeah, I think they'll. Uh, these these next four games are big, and then Kansas City's playing really well. So you know, I yes. don't understand baseball scheduling because they they just played twenty days in a row or whatever it was. And then they have an off day on a Monday, and then they play two games in Washington, and then they have an off day. Like what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Who's making Some, this schedule? What not computer, a Yankee fan? What, not a Yankee fan. What computer is making these this schedule where it's like, yeah, let's let's have two off days in the same week when they haven't had one all month. 
I yeah, don't I don't. It's it's a people say that that base some I, I you know people who aren't baseball fans are always talking about baseball players as not athletes and they they bunch of fat guys that you just swing a bat like I don't care you're conditioned for what you are but when you have a grind of uh, you know 162 games during the middle of the summer and you're pretty much playing every single day you got to be in good condition and you have to you have to be ready for that well, so well talking about the number of off days and the number of games did you see the new uh, potential proposal of bringing it back down to 154 games no i have not seen that yeah so i, I no, hope it does so not happen i'm ta- kind of talking out of my ass right now because i don't know the full details but i heard it on one of those like cbs um like sports minutes or whatever but mm-hmm. uh there was a proposal and uh, manfred's office is going to consider it uh reducing it back down to 154 yeah, I'm not a fan. Can we just leave it alone? Why, why does everybody have to mess with this game so much? Just leave it alone. It's I mean, fine. It's, that's going to be, what, it's one week of games. I guess it, it you won't really notice a difference, but um, it kind of just throws a wrench into records again and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm kind of with you. Just I, I mean, I'm kind of, so I go back and forth because I'm with you where it's just leave it alone. It's working. I, I enjoy it. But then I also see the side of, you know, it's kind of losing. Baseball is losing some some younger fans, and people say the season's too long and the games are too long. So maybe they do have to do something to fix it. Yeah, because a week's gonna bring on those players, those, those I, fans. But that's a week's a, gonna make them a, a big difference. And that's the thing. It's like, but every little bit helps, you know. I guess yeah. Speeding up the games. They're still three hour games. I feel like every day they're still three hour games. Some of them are a little bit shorter, but I mean, I'm not noticing a big difference in the game speed to tell you the truth. No, I haven't either. And and the fact you know cutting the season short a week is just just gonna piss me off if we're down like you know a couple get run a couple games back <laughs> at that one fifty four mark yeah if if that happens so yeah just leave it alone so busy busy week and I'm sure it'll be another busy week coming up because they got another seven games so yep. I'm pumped team's playing well you know I, I I couldn't be happier with the Yankee baseball right now and and the mustache rides are still going strong How, have you shaved or are you still rocking it. I still have it, man. I still got a good one going on. Um, I had to shave. It, it, it went away for a little while, and then I brought it back. So that's. Uh, I think. I think I actually might have shaved during the Toronto series. That's now that I th- mm, think about it. Now we know. So why. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone send send hateful tweets to Scott. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it's back. Um, but we, there's some cool things coming up. This I tell you, this week with uh, the games in in Tampa and then the um, games in Kansas City is going to be it's going to be a big bar uh, with the because we can really make some space right now with Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, so this is a big series. This is this is a, a big series. Oh, and another thing I want to mention is this week we have um, we just kind of got on Instagram uh, this season. We just started it for whatever reason. We never got on it before. Uh, but we have, you know we have, those of you that follow us on Twitter and Facebook we have strong followings on there and Instagram is kind of our, our new baby. But we're doing a lot of cool things on there and we're doing some things that are only on instagram and uh one of our writers is uh rj is coming up with an awesome prize for this week we're going to do an uh a uh, a giveaway on instagram so keep an eye out for it it's it's a really good prize um and i may throw in some more things to make it like an even better prize so um come come uh, check us out on instagram we're at bronx underscore pinstripes because some some person took Bronx pinstripes if you're out there I was wondering why we were and then I looked it up someone yeah someone jacked someone's just squatting on it so if you do have it please email us I will give you stuff for it (laughs) But, free um, free yeah. A-bomb shirt for the... for the uh, yeah. yeah, but we got some cool giveaways going on there. And every every time A-Rod hits a home run, we're giving away a shirt. 
Um, and uh, every time the Yankees score five runs, there's a 20% discount in the store. So we're doing all sorts of stuff, man. We're trying to give you guys cool stuff, trying to discount as much as we can for you, give contests. You know, obviously we're fans and we're here for the fans. So uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of cool things happening with Bronx Pinstripes this year. And if you got your Bronx Pinstripes gear, uh, rock it at the games, take some uh, selfies with them. We'll put them up on the site and obviously on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. Uh, so like you said, a lot, of, a lot of interesting stuff going on. And again, I'm going to hit you over the head with that voicemail line, 646-480-0342. Shout out to uh, Tim in Denver for being the first caller. Really appreciate it. Hopefully he can call in on a weekly basis. But, uh, you know, other than that, it's been a good week, and uh, happy Mother's Day to everybody. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.